What do millions of Americans and three former U.S. presidents have in common? They all agree that Bolin Branch sheets are the softest, most comfortable sheets in the world. Bolin Branch cotton is rain-fed, pesticide-free, and carries the highest organic certification. That's why it's so soft. Bolin Branch sheets start at just $160. They're $1,000 quality for a fraction of the price. Plus, you can sleep on them for a month, risk-free. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Restrictions may apply. See BolinBranch.com for details. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Greetings, loved ones, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Curry House. My name is Alex. I am joined by my good friend, Paul, and our new friend, who is the CEO, is that correct? The CEO of Mechabit Games, Mr. Kevin Zhang. Say hello, Kevin. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, It's very glad to have you here. So this episode will be the first of us returning to the bi-weekly format. As I'm sure many of you listeners are aware, we've been releasing content on a weekly basis during lockdown because we're well aware that so many people were at home, furloughed, working from home and twiddling their thumbs. But now that we are starting to kind of resume that, dare I say it, normal um, world and their state of living, I think I don't know about you, Paul. I'm busy at the moment. What about you? Um, yeah, I, it, it never slowed down, to be honest with you. Um, I know we were in lockdown, but my work never yeah. stopped. Well, parenting, parenting work increased because the schools closed. Most so definitely. If anything, if anything, lockdown made it a busier time for me. Well, it was, it was a differently busy time for me. I'd say that I had more time on an evening to podcast. That was great. But now that kind of my teaching work is calming down and kind of resuming that normality, the pressure is kind of on to where return to the bi-weekly format. So we are returning to that format and we are, as ever, your British bi-weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you the best of B-movie banter, Creature Cinema, and in this case with Mechabit Games, we're going to be talking about gaming, which is not a topic that we've looked at much as a genre. Starting us off, we're going to go for our classic pun, Paul, what have Kaiju been up to? Uh, Well, Alex, thank you for asking. Last week, when we had Joe DeVito on, I mentioned that there was some models of Godzilla available that weren't quite official. They were, um, it was uh, Kalinko, or Kalinko was the brand name, and there were six Deferreal models, or that looked exactly like Deferreal, for $20, which was clearly far too good to be true. Indeed. Yes. And I was curious about them, but I don't want to support that sort of thing. So, you know. 
that, that side. Down with that sort of thing. Down with, yeah, very British, isn't it? Down with that sort of thing. Um, but it did lead me down a bit of a rabbit hole of what, what else is out there? And, I, and this might be a, a great you know, future thing, actually, but I had a quick look and found some interesting stuff. So there is a Godzilla King of the Monsters versus Jesus King of the Jews toy action set, which... We, we, if, so the box is like a city one there's jesus on one side godzilla on the other and it says fun for all ages and it includes 40 pieces so i don't, I don't know i think there's like some toy buildings and tanks and obviously a, a giant jesus um it's amazing what you can find on the internet it really is well, well this um, is it and, and there was also <laughs> no god I was just going to say, just recently when we had uh, Mark Maddox on, uh, Kevin, who's um, a horror artist, he was saying that out in Japan, there are toy figures of Godzilla on a tricycle. I don't know why, but um, there you go. So kind of, I think toy figures of Jesus versus Godzilla are not totally a stretch of the imagination. What's the, um, wacky, what's the wackiest monster toys you've seen, Kevin? Um... There was one Japanese arcade game I'd seen where you had like a finger peripheral and uh, I think it was something about you have to poke um, predators in the bum. Oh, wow. Which is like a thing you did in the arcade. The, the actual predator, like, like the, 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 the predator. Like no, the I, mean like, I mean like... Um, because we don't want to touch his... Oh. <laughs> but just, just any kind of kaiju sort it's of monster. Predator. Oh, kaiju related. Uh, hmm. Well, no, that, that, that's a pretty cool story. Um, yeah, I've never heard of that. I might have to Google that. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, there was a couple, there was, there was one uh, arcade machine that I used to play as a kid, and then uh, it was like a light gun game, and then there's little, little uh, dinosaur aliens would come and try and steal your crates, and you have to shoot them with your little guns, and they're like, they'll, they're little animatronics that will fly backwards when you shoot them. It was quite fun. Well, that's pretty that, cool. That's brilliant. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, what else has been going on? Paul. Um, well, other, I'd say other than, than finding out that there was a battle between Godzilla and Jesus. Um, I mean, what other news do you need to be fair? <laughs> I, I do feel that, but um, other than that, I've been I've been continuing my game of yeah. uh, Metro Exodus, which I mentioned a few podcasts ago. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, I'm getting a bit disappointed now because it's gone into that trope of kind of zombie zombie territory. And. As much as I love the monsters, it's now got into... I don't, I don't mind fighting humans or monsters, but zombies are getting a bit re- repetitive now. So. Zombies have had quite a lot of overexposure. They have, haven't they? It's like, you know, by the time I got to season, I think it was eight of The Walking Dead, I started to tire a bit. Mm. And same thing with games, really. It's how many times can you shoot a zombie before it gets a bit... Yeah, Met- Metro's going down in my expectations at the moment, but I'll, I'll carry on and see if it gets any better Fair or worse. Enough. Yeah, but, um, but Alex, how about you tell me, what have Kaiju been up to? Well, thank you for that. I'm going to start off with a bit of kaiju in the news because I'm not quite sure how we can craft a pun out of that. Paul, that can be your challenge in the next kind of month or so. But I really think that there is kind of the potential in our podcast to start kind of dedicating five minutes to what's been going on in the kaiju news rather than what we've been up to per se. So I've been kind of having a look at what's going on online. And what I found, um, thanks to bloodydisgusting.com, who are a fantastic, you know, news website that do some really, really good content. There is a new Bigfoot horror movie coming out called Monstrous. There are a lot of films that kind of have similar names to Monster, Monstrum. So I feel like the name kind of needs a bit of work. However, the information that I've got, I am loading it up now. 
as I say, courtesy of bloodydisgusting.com. We have a Sasquatch as the creature, and the tagline is Bigfoot Attacks. And that is about as much as I know, but the monster looks pretty decent in it. There is a trailer. I've not checked out the trailer, but that kind of came to my attention. So I will be looking into that. But what I've personally been up to, I've got some real treasure to share with you, gentlemen. I have recently, courtesy of looking at trailers online, got myself a copy of a 2019 uh, monster movie called Sea Fever. Have either of you heard of it? No. No? Okay, well, sit back and enjoy. Right. I'm about to be blown away. You possibly are. <laughs> With a stunning review on IMDb of 5.7 stars. I know, that's about standard, okay. isn't it? 15 certificate rating. It says, the crew of West of Ireland's trawler marooned at sea struggle for their lives against a growing parasite in their water supply. So, what little I know about it is it's a kaiju movie about parasites in the water and some kind of giant beastie. So it looked okay. And I thought, huh, that was an interesting trailer. It kind of, where did I see it? I think it popped up in a sort of top 10 style video on What Culture, um, the YouTube channel. I thought, I'll give that a go because I'm often looking for new source material. So when I saw Sea Fever, I thought, you know what? I'll look that up on Amazon. Ah, oh, £10, Blu-ray delivered, Prime, job done. At the end of the day, if it's not a great movie, I've only lost £10. So I'll let you know how that is. I'm probably going to watch that over the weekend. And really, really important, Kevin and Paul. I'm so excited about this. And that was wonderful segue. Uh, listeners, if you can hear a certain little person in the background, I think that's, that's Kevin's um, child. So we are all... The, th the three main hosts, um, parents of young children, and I can see that Kevin's a parent himself. I'm getting my first child-free weekend coming up, so I, I am very, very excited about that. <laughs> so I will be up to so much kaiju goodness. It's going to be great. Um, Kevin, it's a pretty awful dad pun. Um, what we normally do is we ask each other what have kaiju been up to. So can you think of anything kind of monster movie related or any films or in your case video gaming that you've done uh, that's kind of kaiju related um i haven't had time to watch many films recently but um i did make a game recently about uh, fighting giant robots in vr so that might be something related well that sounds pretty cool i was gonna say that that sounds wonderful i would like to hear that in a moment kevin can you tell us about your your business because for our listeners who've not come across it what is mechabit games where are you based and what's it all about so we're a small indie studio based in liverpool and uh, we focus mainly on vr games and, uh, mm -hmm. we made a couple of games in the past one of them's called uh Pied arcade which is like a an old school arcade simulator where i don't know if you've been to an arcade on the pier but that sort of thing where you, you redeem tickets for prizes oh yes uh, yeah i think mm -hmm. yeah you do things like basketball and uh, uh, ski ball and things like that. And, uh, okay, so it's like a mini game collection, is it? Of all sorts of. Yeah, yes, it's kind of it's kind of like a, a physics simulator where everything kind of reacts like you would expect it to. Okay. And then uh, before that, we did a, made a game called Chicken Walk, where you play as chicken, you have to like peck seeds of your head using a using a headset. It's kind of funny. Yeah. So sort of. 
quite light pick up and play kind of gaming rather than gigantic immersive sort of yeah uh, it's uh because we're quite a small studio uh, yeah. we don't we don't really get into the whole triple a story driven sort of things so we pretend sure. to make our games uh quite light and mm-hmm. And what are the main? Sorry, I interrupted you there. Uh, what okay. are the main? What are the main platforms that your games are available on? Uh, so the the, uh, the VR games are on PSVR and then PC and Oculus, mm-hmm. and then for Kaiju Panic, uh, that's the other game we made is on Xbox and PC. Well, that's the perfect segue for us there. What is Kaiju Panic? So Kaiju Panic is uh, the first game we made uh, when we formed our studio uh, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a top-down tower defense game with a uh, 2D vector art graphics, and then you have a little commander character who runs around and he orders people to build turrets and have to rescue them from the giant monsters. And then some of them will like run away, and some of them you have to try and like uh, complete whatever task they want first. So they kind of uh, high maintenance, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then the the kaiju will come along and they follow certain paths which you can influence by putting bait down or uh, repulses or things like that and that that was uh, i think it had like uh, five worlds in it and then uh, it had a little storyline where uh, the kaiju appear from asteroids and then you have to try and find a way to stop them wonderful um and are you able to share the price of that for people who are listening if they want to get a copy of it uh, i think it's ten dollars on steam uh, i think it's slightly more on xbox xbox one mm-hmm well, splendid. Um, what was the main influences on Kaiju Panic for yourself? Uh, so the tower defense aspects uh, we were inspired by a couple of games. Uh, one of them was uh, Attack on Titan and mm-hmm. uh, Pixel Junk uh, tower defense. Which were like they're both kind of like colorful indie tower defenseish games, and then the uh, the Kaiju aspects, obviously from the. Uh, Kaiju films. Oh. Oh, sorry, I'll just say, um, how many people are in the studio of yours? Uh, there's three of us. Uh, I'm the programmer, also the uh, director, and uh, my wife's in the company as well. She does like music and design, and then I've got uh, Julian, who's the artist. Yeah, but yeah, he does, he does uh, all the artwork for us. So, what was your inspiration for going into game design? Uh, well, I played video games for my whole life, so I'm sort of. Uh, ever since I've had a Nintendo it's like one of my dream jobs and um, I was a teacher in my previous life but I, I checked that in and then decided to go uh, full indie what subject did you teach? Uh, I teach IT ah, makes sense that, that makes sense then doesn't it yeah <laughs> I had a little I had a little uh, game design club after school club and then the kids will just like make whatever little games they make from the uh, game maker and I thought I could do this for a living <laughs> yeah Wow. So, did, I mean, did you get something going before you, or did you just quit your job and go into it, hoping for the best, or did you kind of slowly start making games as like a hobby almost, and then it built into a professional? Well, I mostly started off in competitions, and then uh, there'll be like various competitions. I think the first one was like a con game, uh, flash game competition, where it's like make a shooter or something like that. So that was like quite fun. Okay. And then I did a bit of like freelance work after that, and then uh, started my studio soon after. Wow. Well, we are approaching our first break, folks. When we return, it would be great, Kevin, if you could tell us about what are some of your favourite games that have kind of been your main influence. Because I know you were saying about Attack on Titan as a TV series, but with you 
know, ever since you owned a Nintendo, it'd be great to hear kind of what the main um, interests are there. So we'll return in a moment. Thank you very much. Recently on the Heroes Podcast Network, Echo Station. Well, what's the main think... what's the main planet that Endor? The forest moon of Endor. It's a moon, so it's there's a major planet, obviously that it is the forest moon of Endor. Is Endor the actual planet then? See, th- isn't that confusing? Yes. Is it the forest moon of the planet Endor, or is it the forest moon called Endor? Screen heroes. If the MCU gets that, then I really think that Space Jam needs to be part of the DCEU. Yes! Okay, because... <laughs> they have a big Marvel versus DC crossover where Air Bud takes on Space Jam. Man, we should write for these companies. <laughs> That's what it comes, it's Air Bud versus Bugs Bunny. That's, That's what it's right. all come down to. One-on-one. Yes, done. <laughs> All right. And then, like, at the end, it's Galactus versus LeBron James. And oh, Squirrel Girl wins. <laughs> Red shirts and runabouts. Something we've talked about before, and other people have, but there's, there's so much of real-life history involved with Star Trek. From Gene Roddenberry's days, his time in the military as, a, as on, on a bomber pilot, as a bomber crewman, you know, James Doohan serving. All these people and all these real-life events that have impacted things. That's very realistic of political and military leaders kind of resigning in protest at a decision they can't control. Subscribe today at heroespodcast.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Podcast Addict, and more. Hello, and welcome back to part two of Kaiju Curry House. I'm here with our regular host, Alex, and guest Kevin from Mechabit Games. Uh, before the break, we were just discussing what we've been up to and what Mechabit Studios has been up to. And I wanted to delve a little bit deeper into Kaiju Panic. It's, it's the, the game that led me to your studio. It's a game I found on Steam that was on, I think it was on sale, and I thought, oh, you know, it's got Kaiju in it. It, it looks quite cheerful i'll give that a go then later on i found it was on xbox one i was quite surprised i didn't see actually because i've i've got i've got an xbox one i'm quite an avid gamer and with it kaiju being in the title i'm surprised it it didn't flag up which was one of the reasons why i wanted to you know uh, kind of highlight it to our listeners and to our our fandom that there are kaiju specific games out there the thing that i thought it most resembled was pixel junk monsters which was a playstation 3 game very similar um, as you say, tower defense, you just pop a tower down, but you had a little main character who would go around and collect things. I, I don't know, I must have been coins or something in order to buy them. Whereas yours was a bit more dynamic, that it wasn't like a static screen. You could move around and you'd harvest your materials. It was almost like a cross between like Command and Conquer, which is a real-time strategy game that I grew up playing, along with the um, tower defense games, but then with a heavily focus on, well, on monsters. And obviously some of, some of the kaiju in it, I can see where you've got your inspiration from. I mean, you've got the first boss I came across was Chibi Zilla, who is, you know, quite, quite clearly that's Godzilla. And there were, there's, there's all sorts of, of kaiju actually, wasn't there? You've got, I did have a look on the list, there's 41 types of kaiju you've got in the game. Oh, wow. So you've got a, a bit of mix and, you know, some are flying, some are land-based, some are underground. Um, I mean, I, I did wonder actually specifically about these, these underground creatures that would you know bury underneath and kind of then just come up were were they um graboid based at all from that tremors film do you know or, or you know what what kind of uh yeah we did we did take inspiration from uh, from tremors and also from uh, uh nausicaa the anime oh yeah what what, what a cracking anime as well have yeah, you seen uh, nausicaa paul no they have giant uh, 
Norsica Valley of the Wind. Amazing. And I would argue the case for it being a kaiju movie because the, the Omu, who are these kind of these giant woodlands, they're, they're big lads. And yeah, okay. it's, 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 I mean, I know that anime isn't necessarily your bag, Paul. Um, is it? Have I got that right? Um, it's not. No. It's I mean, le- It's I, less so your bag. It's less my bag. I've seen some, um, but I've, I think I've got quite a, a certain types that I've liked. And there's so much out there that I don't really know where to begin. Mm. Most of it was in, in my younger years, um, like Devil Man and, and Guyver. And there was, yeah. it's like mid 90s. It was yeah, like, fair enough. Is, is when I got into it, and after that, I, I kind of um, okay. Well, um, presumably you you've heard of Studio Ghibli. Yes, yeah. my dad so, loves them. Yeah. Well, Studio Ghibli, you know, famous for Totoro, Pompoko, Spirited Away. Um, before Studio Ghibli were formed back in 1984, Miyazaki, who's the very famous director or one of the two famous directors from Studio Ghibli. He made Nausicaa, and interesting fact, um, there's the giant statues that kind of um, breathe out the light, and these supposedly kind of these statues are what destroyed uh, the Earth when the various humans went to battle. But when the humans resurrect this statue and it attacks the humans once again. It's decaying and it can barely stand up. And the person who actually did all of the artwork for that with Miyazaki was Hideaki Anno, who um, did Shin Godzilla yeah. and also did Evangelion. So there's kind of some big names in Nausicaa. So I think already, if nothing else, Paul, that is well <laughs> worth your time. It, it, it's, it's a cracking film and you can catch that on Netflix. But I'm I'm hijacking the conversation here. Kevin, what are your other kind of influences with Kaiju Panic? Because how, how many Kaiju? Say 40? 40, 40 40, 41 Kaiju. Um, some were, I think you've kind of got almost different evolutions where you'd have like a small one, a slightly yeah, larger, and then the big. Um, yeah, so lots, Kevin, lots of similar ones. So. Mm-hmm. So, so, Kevin, tell us a bit more about that. Kind of, what are your main influences with kind of kaiju panic, with sort of kaiju pop culture media that's kind of given you the the interest there? Uh, well, I grew up watching things like uh, Ultraman and uh, Godzilla and uh, anime, obviously, and uh, that sort of filtered into the, the work that I do. And just to name a couple of examples, um, which particular uh, Godzilla films do you like? Uh, well, they're all kind of blend together in my mind. <laughs> it's been a while since I watched Ooh. them. So um, I watched the uh, the recent uh, American release. What did, what did you think of it? It's pretty good. Hmm. And um, I think Pacific Rim came out around about the same time the game did as well. So people would ask us if there's any Yeagers in the game. I was like, no, there's not any Yeagers. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, so, um, so is that of interest? So this came out around the same time as Pacific Rim. How how long did it take you to make this game? Uh, around what two years? Wow. Okay. So that's just three of you, isn't it? So it must be quite a long process. Yeah, we were working out of the uh, Liverpool Chamber of Commerce. They had a little uh, startup program for you for uh, startup studios, and uh, and then from there we moved over to the uh, Santander Hub, mm-hmm. and then. Um, there was also the uh, Creative England uh, uh, Green Shoots program where you would get like an Xbox dev kit and now like coach you through the process. So that was a, a bit of a bonus. Ah, okay. So is that why this game's on Xbox as opposed 
where the others haven't been was this this was like your your launch game was it almost for the studio yeah we 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 sort of um lucked out on that aspect we uh the uh, we, we found out about the uh the green sheets program and then uh, we, we, we traveled down to birmingham and we went through like a little uh pitching process where we would like pitch against these other studios who were like doing these other projects and, and presumably um, you won <laughs> yeah yeah it was just like it was us and a couple others and then um uh, I don't know what they're doing now, but uh, um, it was there was also another program for PlayStation, but uh, we went with Xbox in the end. And uh, I didn't really feel like doing like three consoles at once, so I just stuck with the one. <laughs> yeah, I, I say I have no idea how game development works, but I assume it is different having to produce. It's not like a save as different format. It's, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> a bit more difficult than that. Um, but say on top of all these different types of kaiju. You also have, as you said, you've got two rescue people in the game, and those people you can—they'll follow you around unless they get scared, um, and they can help build things quicker, or they can man the turrets to make the range wider or have more health. And what I was interested in is the amount of characters you have, because they're not just random people on the screen. You actually have bios for each of your characters, and you had 186 people that have bios. Which seems a crazy amount of work. I, I just thought, it seems a lot of effort to do. I thought you would just have individual, just, just, just random people. But the fact you actually went into a story and that some of these people have different gifts that would help the weapons in different ways seems, well, it adds, and it adds so much to the game that, you know, that puts it above just anything else. It's just, what made you want to have that much, I suppose, level of detail on your first game? Uh, well, you can blame Julian for that because uh, <laughs> he he loves like doodling little characters and like, we'll, we'll have those, and then he just like started churning them out, and then he ended up with like so many that uh, we had to get in and write it to write all the bios for the characters because there's just too many of them. Oh, so you got a writer in, did you? Because like, yeah. the first time I saw it, I thought, oh, is this like a Kickstarter thing? And these are all people that funded it because there was just so many different characters. Yeah, we we did have a little um, uh, sort of Kickstarter period. But uh, no okay. one, nobody, nobody, nobody bought the the name in the game package, so we, we, oh. we just did it ourselves. Didn't it? <laughs> look oh, right. the okay. in, in the character slots. Wow. Ah, in checking out uh, Julian's environment work, and there's some stunning um, environments there. Their, their website's great. If you want to check that out, listeners, it's Julian J U L I A N. Now it's dash is in a hyphen Fisher. F-I-S-H-E-R dot com and uh, their, their website's definitely work, uh, worth a look. It's fantastic. Okay. And so um, we're saying about inspiration. So obviously we've got we've got Graboids, the underground ones. We've got Godzilla for the for the Chibizilla. Um, and you had some, you've got kind of, they're all quite um, spherical, aren't they? They're all quite circular shaped. Yeah, that, the that was, uh, so is that, that was a design more... idea? Yeah, that was to make sure that the uh, the base of the character was uh, visible from the, the camera angle, so it couldn't have them be like a weird shape because that would be because the the kind of was on the base of the character, so if it was too off, then it'd be difficult to tell where you were aiming. Okay. Yeah, and also, like the, yeah, and also the the around the character just looked cuter as well, and, like squishy it, looking. <laughs> it does have a very cute art style, doesn't it? It's very. My son, I mean, he loved the look of it. He could he couldn't play it. He tried to play it, but it was it was far too difficult. But he loved watching me play because it was, it, it looks like a, a pick up and play family friendly game, but it is actually quite a hardcore, or I, I found it quite challenging. 
myself. Yeah, I don't yeah know. it's quite difficult. <laughs> and it's, was there a, a plan or is I haven't really looked at it. Is there a difficulty setting in, in the settings somewhere? Or did you just uh, go for that set difficulty? No, there's no difficulty setting. Uh, there are like, a, there's a star rating. So if you, if you finish get, finish the level without taking any damage, then you get like a free star rating. But if you finish it like barely, it's going to be teeth, then you just get like a pass mark. So okay. that's kind of, that's kind of like a, <laughs> achievement hunters. Like if you want to go back and get 100% already level. That's, that's where um, Paul and I would fit kind of in the one star rating in terms of our ability to kind of get through by the skin of our teeth by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was I was scraping through on a few levels. Other levels I was absolutely fine, but I found that even if I got stuck, what I could do is continue playing the level and, and lose. But when you sometimes kill Kaiju, you can pick up a sample or, or some sort of, it's like a little chemical block, isn't it? And you can use that then to unlock or upgrade your weaponry that you drop down. So you can have your multi-turret or an acid spray or a laser, and then you, you can make it, you know, make the range bigger, you can make it fire more frequently. And again, this builds on the depth for you're not just dropping off a gun, you're dropping off a gun that you can upgrade four different times and there's four different variants of that gun. So there is there's a lot of depth, a lot of strategy in it, which I did appreciate, but I, I did found it quite quite tricky at times. Um, would you say there's five levels in total? Uh, yeah, there's five zones, and then each zone has like a five levels in it. I can't remember. It's been a while. So, so, like so roughly 20, 25 levels in total? Yeah. And uh, how long would each level generally take, or what's kind of the range of their time? Uh, I think they're all uh, about 20 minutes long. Oh, right, okay. It's fair length then. Um, yeah, there's some... There's some uh, Longer ones and short ones. But mm. I think they're all generally that sort of length. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I was saying, like, when, I, when I was saying earlier that I'd play like, say, Command of Conquer, which is real time strategy, that would take hours. I could be playing that game two, three hours by the time I've harvested my materials, built up an army, gone to attack. Whereas your game was much quicker. And so I didn't feel as frustrated if I lost because I could just reload and play quite quickly. And some were actually time sensitive. Uh, where it said there's um, an airlift coming in the next 10 minutes, defend this airbase from the kaiju so they can then escape. So as you say, yeah, you, it could be 10, 15, 20 minutes. So it's a good good game time for like a you say, pick up and play. There's not too much commitment to it. And yeah, we, we did want to make a, a lighter cover and conquer. Yeah, fair, fair enough. And, and, and speaking as someone who's not that familiar with real-time strategy games, what does it mean specifically? Is it is it real time because literally ten minutes in the game is ten minutes in the real world? Is that what it means? Mm, no. Real time means that you, you can't. Uh, there's there's no turns in it, so you, there's no, there's no uh, letting you strategize like in uh, Civilization or, or chess or something. So everything happens at the same time. So when you give an order and you, and you wait five seconds, that's five seconds of enemies getting closer. I see. Right. So. Um, you're working concurrently with the opponent and you can't take a couple of minutes to think, okay, I'll do this and then that might happen, right? So you're having to kind of respond quicker, presumably. Yeah, uh, but yeah. the game does pause if you open the menu so you can have a think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is that, yeah. So you didn't get on, yeah, so on Command & Conquer, you don't get that. When you build, you're building in, in real time, not not real time, but you know, you, you're not yeah. pausing mm -hmm. um, to, get, to get a thought. So... Yeah, I don't, you've made me question now, real-time strategy, yeah, it's just a strategy game that isn't turn-based, which I guess predominantly games used to be mainly turn-based. 
that must be a historic thing, I guess. I'm not sure. Well, I think the good example that you raised there was, uh, sorry, Kevin, was uh, Civilization, which is kind of one of the famous uh, turn-based games. Have you ever played that, Paul? Um, I'm sure I have. It rings a bell, yeah. I think I played like Civ, Civ 5 or 6 maybe on the PlayStation. Yeah. I, I mean... Calling Civilization a kaiju game would be a stretch by anyone's imagination, <laughs> even yours, Paul. However, when you can win the game playing Gandhi, who drops nuclear bombs, then you know it's it's an impressive it's an impressive feat. And as it happens, folks, we are approaching the second break in this episode. We'll return shortly with a few more bits of information about this game. Hopefully, other projects that Mechabit Games have got in store and a few of our own personal recommendations. Thank you. Optimum Business Your Way gives you 300 meg speed secure internet with the option to add any combination of services like smart Wi-Fi, mobile, and premier technical support. It's internet with built-in security for just $39.95 a month for one year when bundled with voice. And get up to a $100 Visa prepaid card when you upgrade. Save with Optimum Business Your Way. Call 866-218-3645 or visit Optimum.com business today. Offer for new business customers only. Advertised price reflects $5 auto pay discount. Taxes, fees, equipment charges, and restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Visit website for details. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello again, welcome back to the final part of this episode of Kaiju Curry House, the British bi-weekly podcast, bringing you the creme anglais of creature cinema and B-movie banter. We've been discussing with Mechabit Games, Kaiju Panic, a real-time strategy game with chibified, cutesy monsters that looks like a whole lot of fun. I'm going to have to check that out myself. Now I'm interested to hear, Kevin, what are the other projects that you might have on the horizon? What's Mechabit got planned for the years ahead? Are you able to share with us? Yeah, well, uh, we're currently uh, still developing Piano Arcade 2. Uh, I'll be coming out on the uh, PC VR and maybe PSVR as well. So presume that, sorry, presume that's the sequel. What's the first game about? Uh, same, same kind of premise, yeah, just uh, in an arcade simulator environment and then uh, you uh, play games to earn, earn tickets and then you can uh, redeem prizes from the uh, from the prize counter splendid will there be any more kaiju games do you think for mechabit yeah i think next game we might do a, a vr version of kaiju panic that might be good oh nice that'd be exciting to see what's your favorite part of playing kaiju panic paul when you're giving it a go uh i think it's because I haven't played a real-time strategy game in such a long time. Um, so Command & Conquer kind of went away and nothing really scratched that itch. And then most of the games I've been playing have been on Xbox or PlayStation, where they don't really do that type of genre often. So I've mainly been playing shooters or open-world games. And I think it was just, well, there's something kind of related and it's, it's bright, it's fun, it's refreshing. And so, I mean, I've already got into depth that I like the amount of choices you have and the amount of strategy you can put into it. But I think it's just a, like a nice um, palate cleanser for gaming. 
it's just yeah, just just a welcome a welcome change from the normal stuff I play. As you said earlier about the customizable customizable nature of it, that that sounds quite good. That it's not too kind of set on one route, which is good. Because I think um, so much of gaming now players want more options in how they kind of play the game, don't they? Always, yeah. What's the feedback been like on uh, Kaiju Panic, Kevin? Yeah, people uh, like the art style and the, uh, the cutesiness of it. And uh, people also comment on, uh, on how hard the game is, so uh, I might have pitched it a bit too hard. <laughs> but, um, like you said, you can grind for experience and uh, upgrade your turrets. Mm. So if you get stuck on level, just like go back to a previous level and get some more of those uh, science uh, files. Excellent. Do you enjoy difficult games? Yeah, I love, I love playing difficult games. Maybe maybe that's the reason. Yeah, definitely. I, I enjoy difficult games. What Which ones do you like? Well, nowadays I'm, uh, I play a lot of uh, uh, survival space sort of games. Uh, playing a lot of uh, Astroneer and uh, Satisfactory. What did you think of the, the remake of Resident Evil 2? Uh, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I thought they did a very good job of it. Have you played that, Paul? I played the demo and that's it. I didn't play it originally. Okay, doesn't matter. So it was. It looked very cool, but it. I felt like it was going for a nostalgia because it didn't seem that. I don't know the, the puzzles just seemed quite dated, but at the same time, it did look very cool. I mean, the puzzles in Resident Evil, I would say, have always been secondary to kind of the zombies. If you yeah. want a kind of a survival game with tough puzzles, Resident Evil is not for you. <laughs> and I think the the great thing about Resident Evil two and three especially is kind of the movement of the zombies. They they, they move like believable monsters. They don't kind of just sort of skulk towards you, and you can kind of just dodge them. Because in a lot of kind of zombie games, you're like, right, okay, there's a zombie over there, eleven o'clock, right, I'll dodge it. Go round to the right, and then there it is. Whereas these, you come close to them, you try to shift around, and suddenly they kind of they, they, they jerk towards you, and they're deceptive. So I think I mean, that they're pretty decent AI. I, I've really got a lot out of playing the remix. I couldn't get into Resident Evil 7. What did you think of it, Kevin? It was basically Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, the game. The game, yeah. It, um, <laughs> I haven't played it, actually. I've got it. I've got a copy, still yeah, sealed from my PlayStation. Uh, it was Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, uh, or in Japan, Biohazard 7 Resident Evil. Work that one out. And um, the character goes looking for his girlfriend and then kind of wakes up in this house. And it, it is like absolutely textbook. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, I mean, it's it's meant to be kind of a homage to that, and you got this kind of family of sort of zombies, but not really, but just kind of lunatics, and they're kind of running around trying to dodge them. But it it wasn't my cup of tea. Whereas two and three, they they were great, and Resident Evil Four will always be my favourite. Resident Evil. <laughs> I think Resident Evil Four is a work of art. You like it? Yeah, that one's the the more actiony one. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But yeah, a lot of people like the uh, the horror aspects of the uh, the first couple, but uh, and well, I, do like, I do like the uh, the suplexing zombies aspect of the fourth one. Mm. Yeah, so the um, the Resident Evil Seven was the PSVR one, where you can yes. play the whole thing in VR, yeah. which would probably be terrifying. Yeah, I will give it a go. I think you should. I think you should yeah. do that. I do. I do need. To, I need to just dust off that PSVR and um, and give it a whirl. I actually preferred Resident Evil Three Remake over Two from the demo, at least. Mm-hmm. That seemed, yeah, I think it must just be the way the demo highlighted it. 
But anyway, enough about Resident Evil. Talk about that all day. Yeah. Um, Kevin, sorry. We went, you, I know you wanted to talk a bit more about your inspirations um, for, for monster movies, because I think you mentioned that Mothra, you know, an, an interpretation of Mothra could be discovered later on in Kaiju Panic. Is that right? Yeah, in the, we, we tried to have a different uh, uh, theme for each of the each of the worlds, and then uh, I think the first the first one was like the uh, the Green Hills, so that's like uh, Godzilla, and then we had like um, the uh, desert deserty level, so we had like uh, a rock golem for that boss, and then we had uh, I think it's the icy world after that, and then we had like some like a, a big yeti for the boss, and then okay. Uh, uh, Industrial Wasteland, I think, was the next one, where I had like a Mothra, and it's like she's lightning bolts. And then the uh, the, the the last one, uh, we had like a huge sort of tentacle monster that was like, which would like be several screens big, and it would just like pop off the ground. So that's uh, um, we also I think I also mentioned uh, Nosuke, the uh, the giant uh, would last monsters like things. Oh yeah, <laughs> and we also had like um uh. A, a ghost sort of kaiju where it was just like fading and out constantly and it'll like pass through walls so you had to like uh, catch it with your uh, electricity traps I don't know if you got that far yet so I haven't even got that far yet Carl. you're you're gonna make me work for this aren't you it's gonna be quite a challenge I can tell yeah we, we wanted to put as, uh, as many things as we could in there we, we might have ended up with too many things actually but uh, <laughs> I think you need to literally many. up your game Paul yeah I do yeah I need to just get good that's what I'm, I'm quite often told just get good. Well, why don't we round off with our recommendations? Paul, la- let's let's be specific oh. because uh, Joe is not joining us this evening. He's not the gamer of the three of us. No. So he won't be giving any recommendations there. But Paul, if nothing else, can you make it specific to gaming? I can. I'm going to have to shout out the game that I absolutely adored when I was younger, which would be Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee for the Nintendo GameCube. I know it's not perhaps the best in that series of games that came out because it only had, I think, eight playable characters, whereas others went up to, say, 30. But that's the game that I just remember getting so hyped for. And it's like, you know, I've got a GameCube, I've got my four controllers, my friends can come over and we can just, you know, just mess around destroying cities playing around with um, these classic kaiju monsters. So if you can get hold of it, um, I think it's also available on Xbox, but it's really quite hard to get hold of nowadays. I don't think they ever re-released it or um, remastered it. So hopefully that'll be changed in the future. But um, yeah, Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee for the GameCube or Xbox is my recommendation. Wonderful. Well, my recommendation, I'm going to go way back now uh, to 2002. And it was a game for the, it was a game by Activision on the GameCube, and it was called Lost Kingdoms. Lost Kingdoms was a great little kaiju game that kind of drew a lot of influence uh, from kind of a broad range of Asian countries. But kind of the idea of it was, would be that kind of you progress through this map going from town to town 
sort of through places, mountain landscapes, icy landscapes, and you had a deck of cards. So you'd have, say, 50, 52 cards, but the cards were monsters. And if you think of it kind of like, uh, I know you don't play a pole, but like Magic the Gathering, kind of you summon monsters, but you would very literally summon the monsters. So kind of you'd, you'd walk around, and as you got attacked by monsters, you'd then kind of throw a card out, and that would summon a dragon, a... Um, a serpent and the monsters in that were stunning so i mean who plays the gamecube now well you know virtually no one obviously it's it's you know a couple of generations of consoles back however just just check it out lost kingdoms one and two by activision there was sort of 2002 2003 time and the monsters in it were they were stunning they were really really well made and the plot was pretty decent it was a solid game 10 to 15 hours gameplay and that was kind of something which renewed my uh, reinvigorated my my love of gaming because i kind of gone into a bit of a slump after having my playstation i kind of sort of fell by the wayside a little bit and i was playing handheld games i had my n64 but then when i got my gamecube that and getting Super Smash Bros. Melee, I was kind of at, you know what, gaming is amazing again. And yeah, Lost Kingdoms is the one for me. So, um, Kevin, if nothing else, what could you recommend to us? Are there any kind of monster-based games that you could kind of give a shout-out to? I always have to say Earth Defense Force, which is, uh, I think there's uh, five or more of them out by now. Uh, they're all, there's, uh, the latest ones on PC, but the, uh, the older ones are on consoles on. And, uh, it's basically uh, every B movie giant monster film in one. Yeah, you start off with like giant ants that crawl over skyscrapers, and you shoot them with your machine guns and your airstrikes, and then it moves up to like giant mechas punching Godzilla in the face. Uh, it's multiplayer. Uh, you can uh, you have different classes. You have got like the the tank class with like big guns on his arms. And you got like the Valkyrie class who jets around on jetpacks, and you have your uh, logistics guy who just like calls in airstrikes and it's just loads of fun and it's just mad and uh, play with friends and have a laugh sounds pretty good to me yeah I've actually got I've got one of them on the Playstation Vita I can't remember which one it is it might be three I think off the top of my head three. but they are very fun games um, as you say I remember giant ants crawling around and you're just running and, and gunning with a with a whole force of the military behind you or they're off and never played multiplayer which sounds like it would be a lot more fun though than just myself shooting giant monsters but did you ever play Probotector any of you guys loved Probotector yes yeah Contra over in America I believe um, and Japan Probotector amazing and on the Super Nintendo Super Probotector what a yeah. game but yes. like difficult <laughs> ball-achingly difficult, yeah. difficult <laughs> ass-puckeringly difficult I mean you know you want a game that will kind of make you a grown-up you know it will age you Probotector that put hairs on your chest it, it, it really, it, I wasn't going to go there but you know what yeah like because um, um, I've got a gaming club at my school and whenever kids are like sir sir do you like Fortnite it's like oh go away you know, sir sir have you tried this game what is it oh, it's FIFA sir idiot mm-hmm. And then it's like, right, try a real game. So what is it? It's called Probotector. Sit down. <laughs> you three, yeah, exactly. Just sort of three lives, normal difficulty. So I'll try hard mode. No, you won't. 
No, you won't. Ah, oh, that sounds good fun. Um, actually, Kevin, before we go, I was just wondering if people wanted to move into the games industry or, or you know have a go at making a game themselves, where's the best place to go? Because I was looking earlier at the amount of software out there, and there's um, it was it was Game Maker. 101 game maker there's obviously the big ones like unity and unreal if i wanted to make a game you know where's my best starting place um there's tons of youtube tutorials out there if you just type in uh, unity tutorial or unreal tutorial and then uh, there's, there's loads of um really good uh, i think uh, brackies is one of the channels are good um code monkeys another one um just uh, if you open up Unity, they've got a little tab that says tutorials in it, where you can just like go through the, the examples. Unity is quite a good option because it's free. Uh, Unreal's free okay. if you're uh, under a certain uh, threshold. But I think Unreal's a bit uh, aimed towards uh, AAA studios, whereas <laughs> yeah, Unity's I'm not, I'm... a bit, bit lighter. <laughs> yeah, I've um, always just wanted to make like a basic platform or something. You know, like, I always messed around with Little Big Planet. Um, I had loads of fun making levels in that, and I always thought, well, what's What's the next level that I could take that to, but, but just by myself? Yeah, a little bit. Planet and 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 Mario Maker are good good uh, good starting places actually for for level design. Um, and then I think uh, Dreams on PlayStation is like another option for, for making games. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard about that one. Yeah, some some of the things that come out of Dreams is like insane anyway. So it's like it's, just because it's on console doesn't doesn't really doesn't really hold people back. No, that's very true. Yeah, little, little okay. bit Planet as well. That's quite good. For, for making games. I think someone made a, um, what's that, size call issue game called? Uh... Pro Protector. <laughs> um, Metal Slug. No, it's like a it's little, little aeroplane that goes like left to right. And... R-Type? Uh, yeah, similar to R-Type, but it's like uh, the the the, uh, the game that was not R-Type. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not vertical like Ikaruga. It's... No, it's le- left to right. Left to right. The Defender? Like really old school? Or... Or more like a Resogun. No, it's the same time period as, as our type. Um, you like Resogun? I love Resogun. Yeah, I do. So I'm learning about so many games that you like before, didn't you? <laughs> there's a lot of crossover and interest. Uh, have you played many of their other games? Um, I've played Alienation. That's good fun. That was good fun. We should probably do that, actually. That, that's a co-op game, isn't it? Yeah, um, okay. I'll be, I'll be up for playing Alienation with you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, What's the other ones by them that are good? Um, I want to say there's like Ma- Matterfall. Uh, Mat- Matterfall was good. Have you played Next Machina? I know that name. I think I have. The, oh, um, I can't remember. Because I, I was raving about it to Joe, but he was kind of like, a, uh, I, I don't see what you see in this <laughs> game at all. Uh, Next Machina, it's by the same studio. It's, um, oh, who makes uh, Resogun? I, I, oh, yeah, no, it's on my tongue, and I can't oh. think of it. But they're because they're coming back with a new because they left gaming, didn't they? They said yeah, they did. Yeah. We, we're done, but they're now coming back with a PlayStation Five launch title, I believe. But, but it's interesting; they've always kind of like stayed exclusive to PlayStation. I've all um, I do strongly believe that if they kind of took the step over to Switch, they would do so well <laughs> because a lot of their yeah. games would be perfect as kind of portable. But um, next Machina, um, Paul, stunning game, Bullet Hell. It'll, it'll it'll ruin your life, but it, it's so fun. Yeah. So I think that, that's kind of got to be my instructions for you, Paul. Want to pick a game, check out Next Machina. And um, I, I was lucky enough to get that on limited run release. I've got a physical copy of that. 
complete with the poster. Nice. And uh, definitely watch uh, Norsica Valley of the Wind. Um, that would be it. Right, guys, it is time to sign off. Um, as always, thank you very much to our listeners. A huge thank you to Mechabit Games and specifically Mr. Kevin Sang. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, sir. I hope to um, catch you on the Kaiju Curry House again with my good friend Paul. We, I will have to check out uh, Kaiju Panic now. Paul, with any thank closing you. remarks? Other than stay safe, keep it Kaiju, and keep gaming. I can't think of much else. <laughs> Wise words, friend. We'll stop it there. Thank you so much, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us at the Curry House today. We hope we've given you enough Kaiju goodness to last until next time. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at CurryKaiju. If you want to join us on Facebook, we're at UKKaiju. And if you want to find out about other shows in the network, please visit HeroesPodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. It's a new year, which means new reasons to stop by QT, like drinks to wash out the taste of last year. I need more. And fresh snackles worth breaking a resolution. Pizza has tomatoes, so technically, it's a salad. Want to binge a new show? We've got plenty to snack along with it, like our new cheesy mac and cheese. Wow, it's like my wife's, but even cheddar. Up top. This is the time for new beginnings, and it starts at Quick Trip. QT. More than a gas station.